Ladies and gentlemen, it is your buddy Gavin. Game four has ended. 12-15 in the East, 9-15 Pacific. Jeremy Johnson, why don't you repeat what you just said to me 15 seconds ago? Jesus Christ. Even if you don't believe in the man, you got to say it. It's the truth. What a game. in the World Series in, you know, five years, and we haven't had many relevant playoff games in about that long, and you forget how much this takes out of you as a fan. And as I was texting to you, can you imagine being a player on one of these teams, especially tonight after what happened last night, and then to play a game on the tightrope tonight like that? These guys have got to be gassed. I'm just glad you feel the same way because I'm like, well, they're in L.A. They probably feel fine because they, you know, the game ended at 3 o'clock here on the East Coast, but it was only midnight last night. But the fact that you're gassed means that they're gassed. And it was 4 to nothing, and I was already in – I wasn't in the series is over mode, like, but I was definitely in, like, let's just not waste our pitchers mode. You know what I mean? Like, I was, I was ready to punt it tomorrow night. There was, there was a lot of blame being assigned um, from my couch. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've got a, I've got a very, I've got a very Randy and very optimistic Cindy Harrington. She's gonna wave to you, JJ. Hi, JJ. <laughs> Cindy Harrington was, was very upset with the pundit. Cindy Harrington is incredibly <laughs> upset with my lack of belief at the four nothing mark. Um, you can pipe in when you want. I mean, you basically said the entire series was over. That's not true. <laughs> that is pretty accurate. I did not say the entire series was over. I just said start thinking about who's pitching tomorrow because we can't afford to go back to Boston 3-2. And I said it's only this fifth, sixth inning. Okay. And then I took a nap on my floor, and then the next thing I knew was 4-4. Four four. <laughs> oh, man. That's pretty accurate, actually. <laughs> I just, I've, uh, I just checked out. I said, to, uh, I, can't, I said, I can't take it anymore. And then I woke up and it was time. <laughs> Maybe you should just sleep through uh, tomorrow's game. I mean, dude, I literally was asleep when Ben and Tenney made that catch in the ALCS. I slept through tonight's comeback. I'll, at least a tie. I saw them go up 9-4. to four. I saw Kimbrel try to throw the game away. Saw all that. Oh, my God. But but I did sleep through the part where that was most excruciating, so I, I felt pretty good. I'm not going to lie. Well, I mean, the 4 nothing was excruciating because, you know, it was Puig that ran into that pitch, but then... I hate Puig so much. You know, Puig is such an idiot. He's the, the banner irrational confidence guy. Correct. He, he could screw up 23 times in a row, and he'll still walk up to the plate thinking he's the best player that man has ever made. Yes. And, and he can, and he's, he's built like a truck. And built like a truck. What, what? Fast like what? What, what? <laughs> Smart like a truck, built like a truck. Exactly. You know, he shows up his teammates. He shows up as, and he always plays on the on the warning track. So, like, you know, Kike Hernandez had to run out to, you know, right field to make that catch, and the, you know, and the the, the hit that, um, geez, they're all blended together. The hit that they got in game two, where you know Puig is like standing against yes. the wall in Fenway. Um, he's just a big blockhead, but I was really, really 
begging for him to not come up with the um, tying runners on. Yeah. I just didn't want extra innings. Like, just end it one well, way or the other. Yeah, and that was my biggest point back back when Cindy Harrington was correctly accusing me of punting the game, which was like, just don't just don't blow tomorrow's game for the right. sake of trying to win tonight's game in fifteen. Just at some point, just get your ducks in a row and go. Which we were so worried about. I mean, you literally texted me this morning something to the effect of sale starts, Pomer- no, Pomeran starts, sale relieves, Holt closes. And you probably weren't that far from the truth until Eduardo Rodriguez decided that he could pitch today. I'm so proud of him. Yes. I know he gave up he gave up the home run and it's okay. he's probably really down on himself, but That's okay. He he, he hasn't he started amazingly. a game in a month. Sorry, go ahead. No, he he did amazingly to last as long as he did. He lasted longer than Sale did, and I mean, just yeah. kudos to him. Yeah, and he was so pissed when he had that when that hit. Yeah, flew in the air and he slammed he his glove his on the glove mound. Down. I mean, you could tell the guy's a competitor. He wanted it so bad. He made a mistake. He knew it. And throwing your glove on the mound is a kind of a little league move, but in the moment, like I knew the guy was gritty and just cared so much and was like so pissed he made a mistake, you know. So that's great. Like it's the World Series, and all all Red Sox fans want is the players to appear to care as much or more as they do. Right. And in that in that situation, you know, you're like, well. The guy hasn't started a game in a month. He pitched yesterday. Yeah. He goes out there and he he walks the tightrope and he nearly made it out. And uh, it's hard to be mad at him. You know, we're we're <laughs> we're talking about starting Pomerantz. I mean, like <laughs> it, we're in a bad space right now. Yet I'll say this: Ivaldi, because Cord didn't burn the bullpen, you saw what happened tonight. Roberts went to the bullpen, and all those guys pitched multiple innings last night, and they were all torched. Uh, Ivaldi pitched the majority of that game, and our bullpen yeah. was relatively fresh. Yep. He burned one guy, and he burned Ivaldi. You're right. Yeah, and he burned him. I mean, like that. Oh, let it burn, Usher style. I mean, burn it. Burn him out. Burn him down. You know? And they said the whole locker room gave him a standing ovation when he walked in there. Yeah, last standing night, o last night is, for losing a game, which right, is which is clear. like yeah. it speaks to the team and and how much they yeah. appreciate him. All I can say is this: really, glo- and this is such a spiteful thing to say, but Kinsler did, Kinsler needed to not be in the lineup tonight, <sighs> and he wasn't, which is good. I know it was the pitching matchup too, because it's the lefty and whatever, and you can get away with hold, but. We got to go Holt ride or die the rest of the way. I mean, Holt is Holt is clearly the man. Yes, I, don't know what we're, I, I, I like Kinsler and everything, and he, he's supposed to be in there because he's the superb second baseman. But he's already thrown potentially. He tried to throw the series away. He threw. He you know like he, he blew it on the uh, in the field. So uh, let's go with Holt, who is the you know the ultimate glue guy. Yes. He, he performs in the clutch. He, he isn't trying to swing for the fences every time like half of these guys are. And he looks like Matt Damon. So Me at he's, really like the, he's the perfect Red Sox at this point. Yeah, honestly, if you know, if, if unfortunately Matt Damon is probably a little bit out of the age range now. But if this was eight years ago, Matt Damon could play him in the movie about Brock Holt. You know what I mean? Like, Right, right. Well, maybe Brock Holt like reinvents himself, and at the end of his career, he comes in for one more. He becomes a pitcher or something, and that's the movie Damon can do. I like it. I think everybody's rooting for that. Um, 
All right, let's go with heroes and goats. I mean, Kinsler couldn't play tonight, so he couldn't be the goat. That's nice news. Um, Steve P- Stephen Pierce, big, big, big ups. Big ups. I'm going to vote hero. I'm going to vote hero on Steve Pierce. Yeah, that's a, he- that's a hero call. Um, just love seeing – I was so angry with Puig. Uh, I've been so angry that we're pitching to Puig last night, tonight, etc. Really liked his histrionics in right field when the home run over his damn head. Screw oh, you. Screw that. you, 66. Screw you. Um, who else? I mean, obviously, he, Hero Ball. Um, who, pitched bef- who pitched before? Well, I mean, Mitch Moreland gets a Moreland, that's your boy. Cindy Mitch Harrington Moreland. was like, look up. Moreland at a home run. I'm like, what? Look out, Mitches. Come on. <laughs> Look out, Mitches. <laughs> it's fantastic. The thing with Mitch and Pierce is they play the same position, and they've been basically platooning all year, driving fancy baseball players insane because one of them will have a great week, and then they start him, and then the other one gets in, and then next thing you know, you're carrying both of them, which is a bad you know, use of two spots. Bad beat. And then, you know, you end up dropping both of them, and then Pierce hits a grand slam, and you pull your hair out. And right. tonight, they both contributed in this game. It, they, they won the game offensively. Um, as far as pitchers, Joe Kelly has been nails. He's throwing frozen BBs. Yep. Got, I, I, I got the win, and he deserved Joe the Kelly win. at the right time. Yeah, you're right. I mean, listen, who, who has not been afraid – of Joe Kelly in these playoffs, but last couple games he's been nice. He's been real nice. I'm about as confident in Joe Kelly as I am in anyone um, throwing the ball for us right now. He's he's on the same kind of run he was on from April to July, mm-hmm. where he was virtually unhittable. Mm-hmm. When he, he started the Joe when he started the Joe Kelly Fight Club. Right, right, right. <laughs> exactly. JJ, let me ask you this. Um, we did not get a chance to talk last night for obvious reasons. Uh, Thankfully. The game went... Number one, my bad for texting you that the game was going to last two and a half hours, and then it promptly became the longest game in the history of the World Series. That's on me. That's on you. Yep. That's on <laughs> it me. Is on you. That's a filibuster freestyle F-face special on me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, here's a guaranteed way to make it go four more hours. I'll talk shit about how long it's going to go. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, you were out last night, I imagine, for the most of the, the most of the last half of the game. How was it being out in LA during that cluster bang? I was I was at a private residence, but I you know I left the house um, at in like the seventh inning. I had the game on my phone, and I went to my buddy's house and proceeded to be there for the next um, five hours watching <laughs> the same game and knowing for the final three hours that we were going to lose. Yeah. yeah it's so hard to win a road game like that. Yeah, once you get to extras, it's really hard to win as a, as a road team. Did you see how the runs were getting across the plate? Like you just knew it was going to come down to just somebody running into a fastball or in this case, a breaking pitch. Muncie had a great story about how he... Um, actually, I don't know if he told it, but Merloni broke it down today in the five minutes I was able to tolerate some some radio. And um, in the... Uh, what was it? The uh, 13th or 14th inning, Muncie um, struck out... Evaldi struck him out after yeah. he nearly ended the game with that, that ball that missed being a home run by about a foot. Yep. And he went to that... Um, breaking ball on the outside, backdoor breaking ball, 
um, with a three-two count, and Muncie just kind of like smiled and nodded his head at him a little bit. And then here we come, you know, three, four, five innings later, whatever it was, and um, same situation, three-two count. He went back to the back door breaking ball, and Muncie um, was waiting for it, and he crushed it. Yeah, and he hit it just a little bit straighter, and that was that. So. It was a great battle, and you knew it was going to happen, but that game was intolerable. It was just <laughs> agony every minute of it. It was absolute agony. And uh, as far as the L.A. mood goes, is people were not really buoyed. Everybody just feels like they got kicked in the groin. <laughs> and you just see people, like, they just look exhausted. You know, nobody's <laughs> prancing around saying, oh, man, you know, we're going to get him. We're going to take it back. Like, I didn't hear that once. They're just like, gosh, that was crazy, huh? Like, we all just saw, like something terrible together you know so you're 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 kind of looking at it and again we've had a game since then now and it's over and the Sox won but you kind of looked at or the fans were kind of looking at it as like there was an epic game that everybody hated for the last three and a half hours of and we happened to get the win well think about how everything went right for the Dodgers and more more accurately everything went wrong for the Red Sox everything had to break a certain way for the Dodgers to win that baseball game. Our our best hitters went over twenty-five. Yeah. Or yeah, you know, and, and and we we had the win a couple times. We you know we had lights out pitching all over the place. And how often does that happen, dude? The best part was um, I'm in bed watching the game. And I'm like, 13th inning, holy crap, Brock Holt scores. By the way, of course he does. He should be in the game at all times, to your point earlier. Yeah, yeah. And it's two outs, and we get our grounder, and friggin' Kinsler, who had a shh. I mean, I've never seen somebody run the bases worse. He has such a bad break on that. Right? But he made the play, and he throws it. But he throws it to a guy in Vasquez who's never played first base before in the Major League Baseball. So let's put him into the World Series, and I get it. Double switches, 13th inning, blah, blah, blah. And Vasquez puts his foot in the bag like somehow he's Gumby and can stretch 55 feet with his arm to stay in the bag. There's no chance of making the out, dude. Just shuffle off to Baltimore and don't let it go into the stands. Anyway, I start yelling, no, no. And poor pundit Cindy Harrington just wakes up and gasps like from a nightmare. And the worst part is the nightmare is real. The Red Sox are losing. But, but they're not going to lose, uh, you know, right now. You know, they're going to lose in like three more hours. Correct. And that's the worst part. The worst part is I blew the good ending five innings too early, and then we were both sleeping when they actually lost. I woke up at 8 o'clock, and I was like, did they win? I don't know. I saw multiple people online this morning from the East Coast that, you know, type, like, did they win? My favorite text last night from Jeremy Johnson to the fans out there on filibuster freestyle land was, at about 1.30 a.m. Eastern Time. <laughs> what you watching? Anything good on TV? <laughs> uh, oh, you yeah. West Coast, you West Coasters. Um, good? <laughs> it was an amazing night. If I didn't have to work today, I would have stayed up the whole time. But um, screw it. The Sox yeah, were down. Yeah. 
Sox were down, and they found a way to score nine runs in the last two or three innings of the game, take a commanding 3-1 lead, which honestly, after four games in L.A., is all you want. You see Chris Sale hollering at people in the dugout? Yeah, give me, give me that, because I was, uh, I'm not going to lie, that was during my nap. <laughs> Chris Sale, finally, somebody started showing some life tonight. And I don't know whether it did a damn thing, but it certainly made me feel better because <laughs> he just started screaming. He was saying something like, you know, two hits or two pitches or something. He was hollering. Everybody's like kind of like looking down at their feet. Nobody's looking at him. Sale's a really even-keeled guy, but he's he's kind of a nut job, you know? And he uh, he hollered at everyone. He didn't have a, a big poppy... Um, Right. around me in the tunnel moment, but he had a temper tantrum, which we could all relate to. We respect those. Uh, because they were flat. They looked flat. And, you know, understandably, man, they flew across the country. They had a day to adjust to the new time zone, which flying west is easier until you try and stay awake. Until 3 in the morning. Playing baseball until 3 a.m. your time. And they still, like... You know, they played two baseball games yesterday in one game at the highest level of tension, and then they come out and play a game today where, you know, as Muncie calls them, it's not Rich Hill, it's Dick Mountain. Okay? <laughs> he said three times in his post-game press conference, post-game uh, interview on the field, he's like, we got Dick Mountain going tomorrow. And I'm like, Dick Mountain? Who the hell is he talking about? It made me laugh, even though I was very upset, but... Yeah, uh, two two things. One, Dick Mountain, fake band name of the week. Um, number two, did you? S- I was asleep for it. You might have been awake for it, but I saw the Twitter the Twitter feed today of of Muncie's home run trot, where he like took his helmet off before he got to third base, dropped into the crowd, and just threw it to the pitcher's mound. Like, has anybody done like a start spreading the news? Like. <laughs> Walk off forever home run when they won one game ever before like that. I mean, oh, my God. He's like a vaudeville star. Yeah. It was like when Dave Henderson won the ALCS back in 86, or 80, whatever, with the, the, when yeah. he danced around the bases. But he won the series, not like a game. Right, right. No, it was against the Angels. And the, the pitcher that uh, threw that pitch that ultimately committed suicide. But right. Donnie Moore. Rest Donnie in peace. Moore, yeah, Rest in peace, Donnie Moore. Specifically because of that pitch, but but didn't help. That was actually didn't help. You know that that home run was what you know that was right around when I was waking up as a sports fan, and that year was a big year for our, for our teams, and that particular home run was like monstrous. Like, we're going to win the World Series, you know. I, I didn't know how much how difficult that was at the time. Yeah, it was really hard. Um, yeah. Wasn't yesterday, by the way, the Anniversary of Bill Buckner's um, snafu in the game six, or was that two? Uh, Twelve. But anyway, it makes sense. It makes sense that Ian Kinsler caught that negative vibe. Poor Kinsler, man. He fell down as he was starting to throw. He should have just held the ball. That's what I mean. The dude batting after Puig was was literally batting 0.35 for the series. Like eat the eat the ball. And anyway, I love that we're talking about last night's game, even though they just won tonight's game. But, like, it's well, that traumatizing. Recap, you know? Live in this the moment, the guys. It's the game 3-4 recap. Even, yeah, even though I did it today in a hushed tone earlier. But I haven't, you know, it is what it is. Um, it's the game 4 recap, then. So you've got, we got sale going tomorrow on full, like a full four full days rest. rest. Full rest? How do we feel about sale? Let's get into that. I'm fired up, man. I think the, I think it's time to slam the door or, um, you know, just torture us again and go back to Boston and do it there, I guess. But Kershaw's coming. 
Sale, Kershaw. Part two. You know, hot shots part two. Full rest, <laughs> even though Kershaw pinch hit last night, which is just glorious. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I love ticket prices are plummeting. Uh, I think you're going to have uh, one Jeremy Johnson at the game tomorrow. We like that. And when I just checked right before uh, we got on, they were below two hundred dollars. JJ, you are so. getting to that. So in some ways, that at Dodger that, fans are full on bailing on the dream in mass, which is amazing because like literally two hours ago they were like they couldn't have their chests puffed out harder. What did I tell you about Jansen? By the way, you told me you blew it last night, and he did, and then he blew it again tonight. And what did I tell you before the series that he was a mess and that they were scared to death and they would love to have our problems in the bullpen. Here's my and favorite part, though, is that Jansen. Way more than Kimbrel are adventures, and that Sale and Kershaw are adventures. So back of the end guy and front end ace for both teams, amongst the largest question marks. This is where the Red Sox, their depth is really shining through because yeah. uh, our two MVP candidates, both guys that contended for the Triple Crown for most of the season, are hitting uh, like below a hundred for the yep. World Series. Yep. Um, Bogarts hasn't done much. Uh, Benintendi hasn't. He had his one game, game two, and other than that, he's uh, largely been silent. Uh, the you got your heroes are Jackie Bradley Jr., Steve Pierce, Mitch Moreland, Rafael Desert, Christian Vasquez. Uh, a lot of guys who are Brock Holt, uh, even Nunez. You know, they're they're not um, the guys that you build a roster around and. They are the ones that are coming up in big spots, and the Dodgers' role players are swinging for the fences and taking balls and getting out over and over and over again. Which that is where being deep shows because the stars are playing are hitting like hell, and we're still winning games. It's an amazing thing because if you think back to the first three World Series teams, they were very much predicated on how like Big Poppy was doing. You know, right. Um, this not so much. Agreed. There are guys hitting everywhere. All right, I'll ask JJ first. So you think tomorrow's a good chance to slam the door? Um, and if not, you're feeling confident the series goes to the Sox at this point? Is that correct? Yeah, well, how could you not? I mean, if you're a gambling man, it's 3 1. How often does it come back the other way, especially going back to Boston? I just don't know if this Dodger team is a just let us, you know, don't let us win one kind of team. You know, they they just don't seem to have the 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 deep enough pockets to dig into for their for the comeback. That's fair, Cindy, Cindy Harrington. What are your mm-hmm. thoughts? Gonna finish it tomorrow night. Gonna finish it in Boston. I think you can finish it tomorrow night. I think tomorrow night. Yeah. Feeling good about it. I think it's going to happen. All right, which is one of was, was basically JJ's call at the beginning, which was we like celebrating on other teams' locker rooms and fields this year. Popping bottles and visiting clubhouses nationwide. Popping bottles, all we know. And that's cool. Three time zones if they do it tomorrow. They've been in New York, Houston, and then finish it up in L.A. Good point. Go watch it. That would be great. Well, J.J., let's uh, let's advocate for you to go. I think you need to go, and I think you need to uh, enjoy the crap out of it, and let's hope you see a clincher, for God's sakes. I have had good luck with clinching games. I've seen an AFC Championship game on the road. I've seen a Divisional Series uh, clincher on the road. 
And I think that was an ALCS cruncher, or was it a division series? But I've been to a few crunchers in California, and uh, it's pretty sweet, man. Although I'll probably be going by myself tomorrow, so it'll be a little weird. Well, don't be afraid to FaceTime us. <laughs> it's, not the, it's not the first time I've uh, gone to a baseball game by myself. But I'll tell you what. That is not as weird as going to the movies by yourself, which I have done before. So it's all good. I don't think it's weird, man. I think we should be comfortable in our own skin. No, oh, I mean, I'm with you. I go all the time by myself. I'm just, like, you know, making excuses. But going, sure. going to a baseball World Series for your favorite team in, your home, in the town you live in by yourself, that's not weird at all. The thing is, I'll know people at the park. Yeah, of course you I, will. I won't be, like, carpooling in with people. But I just don't think any of my... Any of my buddies are Red Sox fans. I just don't really feel like dealing with a planning an event with anyone. I just yeah, have you just want to go to the game. Yeah, I just I just want to go to the game. Respect. Well, I am blown away that the Sox found a way to come back tonight. Um, They've done it all year, exactly like this. Agreed. Game. Agreed. But last the whole night, series. last night's game offered up a a a. a glimpse back into the ghosts of 1986 and, and before that of. Just wow, like a team played perfect to beat us, and we actually beat ourselves, and they still won. And they went down 4 nothing, and it looked like, you know, they had all the swagger, all their fake swagger, as it turns out. And I was, I was blown away. My nap was worth taking, and uh, it was also worth waking up to. So pumped about that. Uh, Jeremy, we will figure out if you're going to the game tomorrow or not. We will do a, we will do a Game 5 podcast recap at some point because, thankfully, mercifully, even if you go to the game and we can't catch up, if for some reason it, the series is extended, it, at least there's a day off on Monday. Oh, jeez. Oh, my God. It's I'm a lot. So, I'm so ready for the series to be over. Right. So my hope is that the series just ends tomorrow and then, like, you call me at, like, 2 a.m. West Coast time, 5 a.m. East Coast time, and I just pick the phone up and say, what the hell, why not? Let's talk. But anyway, Cindy Harrington, thanks for being on. Sure. Thanks for having me. Glad you're here. Thanks for uh, keeping me sane. And uh, sorry I fell asleep during the comeback. JJ, you're the man. Uh, I'm glad we skipped last night's game. I'm sorry I jinxed it on how long it was. And I'm really glad it's 3-1. to one. Thank you for being on, my brother. Oh, my pleasure. And uh, tomorrow, my friends, game five, filibuster freestyle. You know we're going to be here to recap whatever happens. Whoop, whoop. JJ, stick around for a minute. Everybody else, buenos tardes, buenos noches, buenos dias, amigos, to quote the great Jerry Remy.